So it turned green to allow the other traffic to start going. Um, so instead of trying to kind of hurry up and get in front of those people, um, I stopped in the median. And to my left, uh, about uh, 50 yards, is a turn that feeds into that roadway that there was somebody there that had the opposite idea. They saw the light turn green and sped up to try and beat that traffic um, and didn't, I'm assuming she just didn't see me, um, parked in the median, and so she ran me right over with a Ford Expedition. Welcome to a new episode of The Ambitious Sloth, and this time I have another interview with Dennis McCormick and this time he's explaining everything about his recovery from the accident back in 2015 so basically the whole process of how he well in the first place how the accident happened and then the whole uh, recovery from uh, the hospital he was in from explaining actually what his injuries were and then also in the end how we got through the physical and mental obstacles he they, they were basically hindering him in continuing and getting back into the real life and now seeing that he's back and having a, a, a job as a marketing director and a lovely wife and a nice life he likes to live it's really great to see the whole development during that time so before further introduction i'd like to jump right into the podcast after our previous conversation um and we know that some people and i've even had some of my friends here who heard the podcast who like it's great hearing my story but they wanted to know about the accident itself so um to go through kind of the step-by-steps of the challenges that i faced um from beginning to end from the initial accident itself, um, through my different recoveries, the different doctors I went to, um, different surgeries I had to have, um, up into the point of where I'm at now in my recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So then so. I guess it would be best if we just start right from the beginning. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm also obviously <laughs> really curious because I only heard the, the, the stuff you told in the last podcast as well. So yeah. how did the, did the accident happen back in, what was it, the 8th of July 2015, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was I was in the Marine Corps and I was home. Um, I had uh, about 30 days until I was set to ship. And while I was home, I built a motorcycle. And um, it was kind of my pride and joy. I liked doing things with my hands. And so I, I had just gotten it running for a little while. And had decided to take it out on the roadway for the first time just to see if the gas tank was running heavy or running lean, whether it was using too much gas or too little gas. Um, and I was at a four-way intersection. And uh, as I pulled out, there's kind of a little median um, that separates the four lanes of traffic, two going one way, two going the other. And the light turned green right there past that median as just as I pulled out. Um, so the, the light of what the traffic light. Yeah. So it turned green to allow the other traffic to start going. Um, so instead of trying to kind of hurry up and get in front of those people, um, I stopped in the median and to my left, uh, about, uh, 50 yards is a turn that feeds 
into that roadway that there was somebody there that had the opposite idea. They saw the light turn green and sped up to try and beat that traffic um, and didn't, I'm assuming she just didn't see me um, parked in the median. And so she ran me right over with a Ford Expedition. Um, so I got broadsided while I wasn't even moving uh, my left side. Single mom with four kids. Um, in the car? Just in the car. Um, just ran me right over. And you completely did not expect or see that coming, or did you? not not at all, because my traffic was to my right, so I was kind of turned, looking that direction, right as I got hit on my left side, um, and the my body. I don't remember anything after that point. I remember stopping in the median and turning my head to look for traffic. The next thing I remember is waking up in the hospital. Um, okay. According to the EMTs and even people that I I worked because I worked. EMTs. Right there next to it, too. The uh, emergency medical technicians. Okay. Um, they're the people who drive the ambulance here. Um, they they told me that I was conscious, that I, I spoke to them. I knew my name. I knew where I was at. I complained about the pain in my leg and the pain in my shoulder and pain in my head. Um, and that I actually climbed up into the ambulance on my own accord, like by myself, okay. even though my leg was shattered, everything. Um, and then uh, – when I, as soon as I got into the ambulance, before I could even sit down, um, I collapsed and my brain hemorrhaged for the first time. So I had a swelling um, right here in my temporal plate, um, the, about the size of my fist. So the, they immediately designated me a level one trauma, which is the highest, basically the, the most severe trauma that you can be. Um, and only specific hospitals here can actually are equipped to handle those. Um, there's actually only two in all of the state of Illinois where I'm at. Um, and luckily I was one about 40 minutes from one in Maywood. So even though there's a hospital about six blocks around the corner from where my accident was, they weren't equipped to handle my, my type of injury. So I was taken to Loyola in Maywood and upon arriving there, they had drained my, my first brain hemorrhage. Um, they had stabilized my leg. Um, and I, uh, I had fallen into a coma. Um, after they drained the first one, I was good for about two hours, they said, before my brain hemorrhaged the second time. Um, and this time, rather than just draining it, they went in and removed my skull. So, um, inside I have a scar here. Now I have two plates directly right here and I actually have a screw sticking out of the side of my head. I'm not even sure if you can oh, see yeah, that. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So I actually have it, oh, wow. um, metal there. Um, and they did the craniotomy and everything, and I stabilized. Um, they did meet my parents – or not my parents. I met my grandmother at the, the door um, of the hospital to tell her that uh, I, they would like to bring a chaplain in to give me my last rites since I was Catholic because um, they didn't think I was going to live. But uh, wait, wait, I somehow – Sorry, sorry. So interrupt. Yeah. So you were lying in, in the hospital, and they got you the – how do you call it? The chaplain? To... A chaplain, yeah. To, to read you my religious last rites because they didn't think I was going to survive. Okay, so they were that serious that you are in the correct. next hours so or the next day you probably yeah I, correct. Um, they after about three days I stabilized out and they actually um, decided that um, if anything was going to be done about my other injuries. And then was the time um, they had stopped some bleeding. I had a deflated lung. Um, they had reinflated my lung. I was breathing on my own again. Um, and the, 
the whole surgeries that I had to do, they said, well, you know, either he, he's going to have to have them now or, and not survive, or if we don't do them, he's still not going to survive either way. So let's at least give him a chance. So they went ahead and put a rod down my entire leg. Um, so from the top of my hip all the way down to my shin, um, I had a rod that stabilized it. And then they went in and put pins all the way down my leg with a, a scaffolding to hold it all together. Um, For those who, who want to watch the, the YouTube video, I try to put it also in the picture so they can see it. So for those yeah. who are listening to the podcast, I, I put it also on YouTube. And if we want to see the pictures as well, they're hopefully popping up somewhere in, on the screen. Um, so to make it more visual as well, to understand what actually yeah. happened to, to Dennis. Yeah. So there, uh, you'll see the, the scaffolding. That's how I had to lift my leg. Actually that, that black external fixator, I actually had to grab it and lift it. And that's how I had to move my leg around. But, but did, um, it, did it hurt when you, no, no, because you're, you didn't have any flexion. It was so stabilized. So those rods are actually screwed into your bone. So they're a part of it. So there's no tug at all. It's all one, one piece. It's almost another part of your body. Um, and when they did that surgery, I had a shattered clavicle too. Um, I have a plate all in here as well um, that I have to, uh, they had to screw in. Um, so they did both of those surgeries at the same time. They did my leg and my shoulder. Um, and then after, after about three days of recovery from that, um, they, they came in and showed me how to, well, I had to take blood thinners. Um, so they're little injections. They're only about this big. You have to stab yourself basically around the belly button, um, twice a day. Um, and they used to come in and they would be like, all right, hold on, take a breath. And they prick me with it over and over and. I finally got to the point where I just told them that I can I just do it myself. And I was a I was a volunteer firefighter at one point, so I have medical training at least in some aspect. Um, and I had shallow medical training in the Marine Corps, so I, I said, okay, I'll just I'll just do it myself. At least then I can anticipate it and know when it's going to come, and I can I can tell what part of my my stomach hurts from being poked too many times, and make sure that I don't I don't bruise places more than it needs to. Yeah. So then they, they came in and gave me my injections and, uh, there's a nurse named uh, Q is what he went by. Um, no, oh, I apologize. My phone's, my phone's running low on battery. Um, but, uh, he, uh, he came in, um, showed me how to do the injections and let me do it. And he would just watch me once and so that it, that it looked like I knew what I'd do. And so from then on, he would just come in and bring me my medications and my injections each day and just hand them off to me. And I, he'd leave me alone. I just do what I needed to. Um, and then after about a month, um, I was moved to a general care area and was given, um, some, I guess, general workouts, uh, if you want to call it that their physical therapy, um, that so, I had to do so, with, so, uh, so you went for like basically one month on the, uh, intensive care station and yeah. with, yeah. with all the surgery and with the rods in your leg and with the scaffolding there. Yeah. You, this just, just took a month. I'm just, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That was about a month of ICU. Um, and then, um, I was moved to the general care within the same hospital. Um, I literally moved like four bedrooms down. It was like, a, I was right at the, the wing door. So, um, 
then from there, I would go to the basement of the hospital with help. They would wheel me actually in my hospital bed. They'd wheel me down through an elevator to a physical therapy area in the basement. And they would make me, um, or at least help me do my first steps, so to say on my own with a walker. Cause I couldn't put any weight on my leg. Um, and so, um, I had to take what kind of new outlook I had on life and how I was going to be able to maneuver around it. You know, I couldn't just walk up and down the stairs anymore. I was going to have to worry about how am I going to maneuver with a you know, walker that's got these four legs and this, I've got to be able to fold it and collapse it and somehow be able to still keep my balance without stepping on my leg and doing any more damage to it. So, um, I only did, I was only there for about a week, um, before I was transferred to RIC, it's the Rehab Institute of Chicago. Um, it's, uh, about three blocks away from Northwestern in downtown Chicago, Northwestern Hospital. And, uh, I was taken to the eighth floor there where it is, um, all brain and traumatic brain injury unit. Um, there were, I think there's 40, 46 or 48 individuals on that floor, and that had a traumatic brain injury. And out of all those, uh, there was only two of us who were verbal, um, were even able to talk because the, the extensive of the brain injuries, you normally, you normally, like I said, I was in a coma and I had the two brain hemorrhages. I shouldn't have survived, let alone be able to be articulate. Um, so there was only one other guy's name was Danny. Um, I used to call him stick, stick shift Danny cause he drove a stick shift car. That's what got him in his accident. But he, uh, he and I were the only two vocal per people at all on that floor. Um, so I was really blessed. Um, and that is kind of where the journey of recovery started to begin. First, it was all surgeries and trying to save my life and getting out of a coma. And then now once I got to this rehab facility, that's where kind of my journey of getting to the point of where I am today started. Okay. So, um, I will tell you this, my phone is at, Five percent. I didn't even realize that. So my phone is probably going to die on you. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, is there another another day that I can continue for you? Now that I did the, the I guess the the entry the entry line. <laughs> the entry line is, is, is done. My project. The entry line is done. Um, we can go over the rehab facility next, and then we'll go over um, my my move to my aunt's and living with family on the first floor is the third one. Then we can go to my recovery after on my own when I lived on my own as a fourth, if you want. We can do it in stages. We'll make it a book. <laughs> All right, that's a good idea. No, yeah, let's let's obviously continue. Just like such an incredible story, I would love to hear more. Thank you for listening to this episode with Dennis McCormick, the first part of the, his recovery series. And there are going to be two more parts, which you can listen out right afterwards. And I hope you got something out of this episode already and get some new perspectives, maybe some new insights you can also use for your own life. And yeah, I would like to... I'd like to get some feedback from your perspective on this podcast. So if you want to shoot me a message or let me know on other ways, some feedback, I always really appreciate it. And you can also check out the Patreon page if you would like to. Uh, obviously, the ambitious sloth. And yeah, have a nice day and see you in the next episode. <laughs>